Blessed be his holy name. Amen. Good morning, everyone. I don't think I'll take my mask off. And just, you know who this is. It's good to be gathered around the word this morning. We're just looking forward to the, to the message. We want to remember Brother Ed. Brother Ed's ministering for, for Brother Menno Friesen this morning. And then in the evening, he'll be ministering for Kelly Hildebrand. So let's remember him in prayer. Amen. Are you looking forward to the word this morning? Amen. All right. As Brother Moses comes then, let's sing. Come and dine, the master called come. Jesus has the table spread. Jesus has a table spread where the saints of God are fed. He invites his chosen people come and
hungry and thirsty today this morning amen we are amen praise amen. be to god and we thank god that we have the spiritual food in due season our time amen. glory to his name thank god and i greet you this morning in the name of the lord jesus christ it's good to be in the house of the lord and those who are streaming i greet you as well and god bless us this morning just want to thank god for his grace in our life let's just go to the lord in prayer Precious Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus Christ, we bow our heads once again with thanksgivings to you, Father. Lord, as, as the bride in this last age, Lord, we thank you to realize, O oh God, that we are part of your divine plan for this last age, Amen. that you are living in a tremendous time. It's a worse time for the world, but it's a glorious time for the bride. Father, we thank you for that, and we just want to humble ourselves, just to yield ourselves to you and to accept what you have provided to us. As there's been a song, Father, through the song service, and there's been introduced. Father, Lord, we want you to be welcome. We want you to have the preeminence and the liberty. We want you, Father, to speak to our heart. We want, Father, Lord, to get closer to you. Our desire, Father, is to hear from you and not to hear from a man. Not a man can help another man, Father. Only you can help the man. Only you, Father, you know the needs. The word is still the discerner, the thoughts and the intent of the heart, Father. Lord, we invite you this morning, Lord. May you take the remainder of the service. If there is any need among us, Father, whatever the need is, as there's been, Father, Lord Jesus Christ expressed, we know, Father, that you are greater than the storm. You are greater than, Father, the difficult time. You are greater than the challenge. You have promised, Father, the end-time message shall meet the end-time challenges, Father. Lord, we thank you for your name. We thank you for your grace. We thank you, Father, for your presence. And, Father, Lord, we want to claim the victory and the blood of Jesus Christ this morning. Lord, we give you the glory and the honor. May you, Father, Lord, circumcise the lips and the ears and the heart, Father, that will hear the word this morning, that all together we might be one in unity, Father, and to give the glory and the honor to you and to you only. Father, we thank you, Father, for your grace. We bless, Father, our pastor. Bless, Father, Brother Ed, as he's ministering on the other side. May, Father, as the Holy Spirit is moving on the other side, Father, may you, God, also visit us this morning. May you anoint your servant. May you bless him richly, Father, and give him, Father, Lord, the heart of the people. Father, we surrender ourselves to you. We love you with all our heart. We give you the glory and the honor. In Jesus Christ, and we pray. Amen. Thank you, musicians. God bless you. Thank you, Brother Ray, musicians. invite you to the word of God this morning. I'll invite you to go to Numbers 14. Let's read three passages. Number 14, 
then Jeremiah 31st, and then Revelation 5. As we're turning to the Bible, I just want to say that you have been blessed. I believe that you, all of you have enjoyed the services. Brother Dodd, amen. amen. Brother Erickson, Brother Ed, and for the young people, Brother Maxwell as well. God has been good to us, and he's always faithful. Tremendous word. Numbers 14. And 17, and now I beseech thee, let the power of my Lord be great, according as thou hast spoken, saying, The Lord is long-suffering and of great mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgression, and by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation. Sounds like negative, sounds positive, like, sounds like hands with negative connotation to it. But um, God is good, amen. Jeremiah 31st. Verse 29, in those days they shall say no more, the fathers had eaten a sour grape, and the children's teeth are set on edge, but everyone shall die for his own iniquity. Every man that eateth the sour grape, his teeth shall be set on edge. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of of Judah. And I believe that covenant is fulfilled. Revelation 5, 4 5 says, John says, And I wept much because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. And one of the elders said unto me, Weep not. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. Praise be to God that we are living in that time. May God bless his word and we can have you sit. May he give us the context. We see in the beginning here God saying, I will transfer the iniquity of the fathers to the children. And then one promise, and it won't be the case anymore. And then at the end, we see when God is fulfilling. And I believe that the tremendous time that we are living in to see what God is doing in our time. I'd like to use this, talk to you this, evening, this morning, rather, on a small subject that I would like to give as the great exchange based on what the prophet says. 
you on this code, if you can bear with me as I'm just going to read with that. The prophet says, says, Holy and gracious God who gave us the greatest gift that the world has ever known of, the Lord Jesus Christ, we humbly come to thee in thanksgiving and expressing from our innermost being the deep adorations of our heart to thee for this marvelous gift. We have nothing to give in return. It was very little that you asked just come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will take your burdens and your sins and set you free. Amen. Amen. It goes in the same line of Brother Maxwell was telling to the young people, come to that fountain. Just come and drink from that fountain. The prophet continues, says, oh, what an exchange. No one could do that but thee, O oh Father. And we thank thee that thou hast did that for us, and we are the witnesses in this hour that you take our burdens and sins and give us joy and peace instead. How thankful we are for, Lord, this inner Christian experience. Just want to thank him this morning for that. Prophet used that as a message for Christmas. I just wanted the thought as going through the Easter as my message for the Easter this morning. Talking about the great exchange. The dictionary describes an exchange as the fact of giving up something for something else. It's to part with some, some equivalent or to change for another. The fact of changing for another. And the Bible we know is full of exchanges. Amen? The Bible is full example of exchanges. And we can go through the Bible. I just put some example here to talk about the exchanges, the experience, and the people went to those exchanges. Amen? We see from the very beginning, Eve exchanged what God gave her. There is a negative side. God gave her already, made her, made her and Adam already the amateur God on earth. But because she wanted something extra, she wanted some wisdom of a human being. She wanted some wisdom from the, the, the enemy. She exchanged that from a wisdom of, the, of Satan that he gave to her. She already had something that is more powerful, but she exchanged that of hoping and thinking that maybe she might get something better. But she didn't get something better. She brought out we are in the situation that we are in today. It was a bad exchange to do in that time. Amen. And we know that what she did there, she put that because she was thinking that she would have a better idea. Let me tell you, it's not what she had that experience there. The enemy has not changed his strategy. Even today, he's still trying to exchange what you have with something else. What you need to do is to put everything under the test of the word of God. You have to make through every thought, every idea, every imagination, every action. Is it responding to the word of God? If it's not responding to the word of God, don't exchange with what you have. Because what you have is more valuable than what the world can give to you. There is nothing that has such prevailing power as revelation that we have. 
Adam was in the same situation, and the prophet will say, the title lead to eternal life, the absolute title lead to eternal life. When Adam forfeited it for wisdom, he exchanged it for natural wisdom, for human wisdom. But God had already given him the prevailing, what the tremendous gift, given him the authority that he had on the, on the, on, on the earth, but he exchanged that for something else. May God help us to keep what we have received. Don't exchange the message with human ideas. Don't hybrid the message with human ideas. Let God help us to keep the message in the purity of the message. Look at Israel. Israel, they had the grace of God. Grace has provided to them a pillar of fire. Grace has provided to them a prophet. Grace has provided to them a sacrifice. But in Exodus 19, when they made the greatest mistake, they exchanged grace for law. They exchanged grace for something that they wanted to do themselves. Amen? We can see another example in Esau. Esau had the birthright, but he exchanged the birthright for some soup. He exchanged the birthright for something just to satisfy his natural, his natural, his, his natural human needs. But let me tell you what he, what he exchanged for. Later on, he regretted that he exchanged that for that thing. Amen. That I'm throwing that as a bad example. But let me tell you, the Satan has not changed his strategies. He still wants us to exchange what we have received. Balaam exchanged his gift for money. He had a gift, but when money was presented to him, exchanged that for money, exchanged the gift for money. Saul exchanges what he had for popularity. Balaam exchanged for money. Samson exchanged it for women. God has given him the power, but he exchanged it for women. Oh, what a disgrace. Joseph brothers exchanged him for little money. Amen. They preferred he was more spiritual than them, and they preferred, no, it's better for us to exchange this word, this person, because what he's telling us is making us uncomfortable. So we are going to exchange him, so he's not going to bother us anymore with his visions and dreams, or with his dreams. So let's exchange him for, for, so that we can keep our carnal mind, our carnal thinking. Oh, I'm going through the negative side here, but the message is for positive side, amen. The rich man ruler exchanges what he had access for eternal life, but he exchanges it for what he had. He couldn't exchange what he had in the natural world. God told him, Jesus Christ told him, you know what you have to do is just to sell what you have and come, you'll have eternal life. If you look at the Bible, that story always amazes me because he realized that he missed something and he came to the very person who could give what he was missing. But when he came at the door, he couldn't take that opportunity. He left even in the worst situation than when he came in, when it was right there at the door. Oh. And the worst and the saddest of all, our Lord Jesus Christ was given a value of exchange. It even hurts me to say that. But Judas and the Pharisees negotiated the value of exchange for our Lord Jesus Christ. The way fulfilling was Zechariah 11 says, And I said unto them, If you think good, give me. My price, if not, forbear. 
So they waked for my prize 30 pieces of silver. And the Lord said unto me, Cast it unto the porter, a goodly prize that I was prized at of them. And I took the 30 pieces of silver and cast them to the porter in the house. How can you prize the Lord? How can you try to put a value to the Lord? How can you try to estimate what kind of exchange you can make towards the Lord? What kind of value exchange can you make with the message? What kind of exchange you can try to evaluate and try even to compare? Sometimes even when we go to some trials, we try to put compare trials with what the message is. Oh, there is nothing that has such prevailing value as the value of the message that we have received. There is no human value that we can put to exchange what God has done for us. Pilate, when he was in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ, he searched to release him. But in order, as he felt the pressure from the people, as he felt the pressure from, 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 the, from the popularity, as he saw what the pressure coming forth, he realized, no, if I, if, I, if I release this person, then there's going to be a rebellion or there's going to be a revolt and I'm going to lose my position. And he wanted to stick to his own position, so he put a value on the Lord Jesus Christ and exchanged that for the position that he wanted to keep. Amen? He thought that he could get rid of him by washing his hands, but still keeping the same ways, the same position. And that's not the way you can get rid of him. It's not by washing your hands. It's not by being indifferent. You have to stand for a position. You have to stand for something yourself. You have to agree, Lord, I cannot exchange you for the world. I have to accept you in my heart. I can even, prophet preached one message, what will you do with Jesus called Christ? One of the believers, actually, the first message that I read, what can you do with Jesus called Christ? You can't get rid of him just by washing your hand or by being indifferent. You have to receive him in your heart. You have to change from accepting through your lips into your heart. Amen. Oh, don't exchange him from worldly pleasure or some pride or some temporary things of the world. The prophet warned us, we have traded the old-fashioned prayer altar out of the house and made a card table out of it. Don't try to exchange the message for anything. In fact, each decision or each choice that you are making is an exchange. In our life, as we are going, every daily work, every daily decision, everything that you are doing is actually an exchange. It's actually a value that you are making in your own mind. You are trying to evaluate what you're going to make the decision when it's compared to the value of what you're going to get. And oh, let me tell you, let your value stay the message of the hour. Let the value stay what God can I do to please you. Amen. In Matthew 16, 24, Jesus said, Jesus said unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will have, will save his life, shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake, shall find it. For what is a man profit if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? 
For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angel, and then he shall reward every man according to his work. The Christian life is a life of self-denial. The Christian life is a life where you have to accept to lose your own life, to lose your own habit, to lose your own uncleanness, to lose your own thoughts, to lose your own thinking, to lose your own mind so that you can get God's mind. Help me this morning. Amen. The Christian life is not your own life. It's the life of Jesus Christ inside of you. You have to die to yourself. You have to deny yourself. Amen. Take up your cross and follow me. Die out to the things of the world when all condemnation is gone. Amen. A Christian life is a life that is lost in Christ. It's a life that is hidden in Christ. As Paul would say to the Galatians, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. The life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself to me. I do not frustrate the grace of God. Amen. Do not frustrate the grace of God. Oh, I'm in a message, but I can continue to do these this, this weird deals. You have to believe what the Word of God and go into action. I was thinking about things. God likes the doer of the Word of God. God not like only the listener or the hearers, but he likes the doer of the Word of God. God, make us the doer of your Word. Amen. The right prayer of Samson, if he had that same prayer at the beginning of his life, it would have made a difference. But he had that prayer at the end of his life. God, let me die with those who, have this, uh, those, those who put me in this condition. I want to die to myself. The life of Christian is a life of self-dying. Amen. Like Abel, when he offered the more excellent sacrifice, he died, he slew the lamb on the rock, and Abel died on the same rock where he slew the sacrifice. We want to die on the same rock. We want to die with the sacrifice. We want to be identified with the sacrifice. We want to be identified with his cross. I'm crucified with Christ. All my sins, all my past, all my habits, all my whole mind has been crucified to the cross. All my past is to the cross. Now I have new life. What is your life that is living inside of you? The life of the message. Amen. What we don't want is the brother praying so well. We don't want just that the mechanic. We want the life of the dynamic. We want the life that is in the message to become a reality inside of us. Amen. The soul is worth 10,000 words. What can you exchange for your soul? All his life can take the place of your soul. The prophet says, Lord Jesus, if it cost me my family, if it cost me my life, if it cost my job, if it cost my membership, if it cost my prestige in the city, I will take the way with the Lord's despised few. Because of the message, or because of what God has done to you, or God has done for us, there should be nothing that should stay on our way. There should be nothing that should stay on our way, we should go all the way with the Lord, the despised few. I was thinking about the scripture, my family said, you know, the Lord Jesus Christ said, Wherefore, if the hand or thy foot offend thee, cut them off and cast them from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life, halt and maimed, rather than having two hands and two feet to be cast into everlasting fire. Think about it. If then I offend thee, 
pluck it out and cast it from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hellfire. Cut everything that might stay on the way. And then my family said, you know, you know, let's try to cut the internet for three days. <laughs> Just wanted to consecrate a little bit more. Just cut everything that can stay on the way. Amen. I want you to take this word and to go in my thought. The prophet says, or the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 9, 24, says, Know ye know that they which run in a race run all, but one receives the prize. So run that you may obtain and every man that strives for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they that do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainty, not as uncertainly, so fight, not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. Lest by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be and cast away. So far, I've taken the bad, the negative example, but I want just to show you also the good examples in the Bible of people who have taken the made the decision to follow what God has put in their heart as a, as a decision, as a revelation of something that they couldn't exchange for something else. As we see in the life of Rebecca or Ruth, they made also an exchange. They see, we can see in their life, they saw the, 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 the part, they saw the part that they were living, they saw the, 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 the country that they were living, they saw the things that they were used to, but they made the right decision that I have to go with what God has revealed in my heart, and nothing could stay on my way as I made that decision that I'm going all the way with the revelation that God has given me. And we can see Rebecca, Rebecca she made that decision as I will go with what to meet my husband, and nothing could hinder me to stay back where I was in. As the bride has made also the same decision that she's going all. All the way, nothing can stay and stop all the way. She's going all the way to the husband. We are in a journey, brothers and sisters. We are in a journey to go into the rapture, amen. We are going in a journey for the body change, amen. Nothing should stay on our way. No matter what the enemy is trying to put on our way, nothing can stay on our way, amen. Rebecca made that price. She made that decision. She made that decision. She says, no matter what, I will pay the price. Whatever others do. If it means whatever it must mean, I'm, I'm willing to leave my family. I'm, leaving to, I'm willing to leave my associates. I'm willing to leave the, 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 the boyfriends, the girlfriends, and the whatever it might apply to our situations. Whatever it means, I'm going all alone because I've made the decision that I will go to meet my husband. Amen. Nothing can stay on the way. Whatever the neighbor says, whatever the difficulty says, nothing should stay on the way as I'm going to meet my husband. I have made my decision clear cut. Amen. Amen. Moses exchanged Egypt. Exchanged Egypt for Christ. Right. Yeah. The Bible says, by faith, Moses, when he has come 
to ears refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasure of sin for a season. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasure of Egypt. For he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt. Let me tell you, it takes revelation to make the right decision for the right exchange. If you don't have the revelation, you cannot make the right exchange. If you don't have the revelation, you cannot make the right decision. It has to come from a pure and clean revelation in your heart. Who gives revelation? God gives revelation. We should be praying for more revelation in our heart. God, give us more revelation for every decision we have to make. Let the revelation of God be prevailing in our life. Because once we have the revelation in your heart, then you can testify that you have found the pearl of great price. If you don't have the revelation, you will always find any way to compare anything with what you have. But once you have the revelation in your heart, it's something that has great value that nothing can be exchanged with that revelation. Amen. Like Matthew 13 says, the kingdom of heaven is like unto the treasure hid in a field that the which man, the which when a man had found, he hideth and for joy thereof goes and selleth, goeth and selleth all that he hath and buying that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking godly pearls. But when he had found one pearl of great price, he went and sold all that he had to bought what he had found. But God grace, we have found the great pearl of great price. Nothing can be exchanged to it, man. But I'm going to trials, but nothing can be exchanged to that great pearl that I have received. Nothing can be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in us. We are going to a body change. We can live for many years here, but nothing can be compared to eternal life. Eternal life has to prevail. Prophet says, We found all the greatest carotid diamond that ever that was ever bought out of the dust of the earth, the greatest gold that was ever brought from the dirt. It's a jewel, the jewel of heaven, a big diamond. No one apart could say concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the lobe. I was blameless. But what things were gained to me. Those I counted lost for Christ. Things that used to be gained for you in the past, again for us in the past, now we have counted as lost and done for, for Christ. Amen. Doubtless I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but done that I may win Christ. If you go to what he's reading, he says, But I press towards the mark for the prize for the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. We are not yet what, what we want to be or what we ought to be. But one thing we are sure of, that we are not what we used to be. The things that used to bother us anymore are not bothering us anymore. We have exchanged it for Christ. We have received Christ. We saw the testimony of the brothers and sisters in Uganda. 
There were the heads of the churches there. There were those, I would say, they were full-time ministers, and it was their source of income. But once they found that pearl of great price, nothing can be compared to that. I'd rather leave everything behind, but give me Jesus. Like the Magi, the wise man, we have seen his star. We have seen his star in our days. We have left our country. We have left what we used to be. We have seen his stars. Not in the east, but we have seen his star in the west. What is the attraction of the mountain? That word is attracting us, amen. That attraction on the mountain. Praise be to God. What people can call foolish, we call God call great. What people call great, God calls foolish. What people can go, but this, what, that is what the thing that excites you. Yes, that what excites me. Because that's where God is unveiling himself in simplicity. Yeah. Amen. You know, as we've said, in, life is full of exchanges. But God is also the initiator of an exchange. Even you notice the law of redemption is based on the law of exchange. It's the principle of exchange. The whole Bible is based on the exchange because it's a book of redemption. A lost property is redeemed by a price. Now to redeem anything is to bring it back. Something that is lost, something that is put in a pawn shop, and you go down and redeem that, it's redeemed by price. It's only once it has been redeemed that it becomes your personal property. Yeah. After you have redeemed it, by the law of redemption, the prophet says there has to be a kinsman to redeem a property or something that had been lost. It has to be a kinsman redeemer in order to do that redemption. But nonetheless, it is an exchange. First of all, God is sovereign. God gives his gift sovereignly, gifts and callings are without repentance. I just want to read the prophet say, the third thing you know, you go to seeking something, God, you just make me a preacher, you do this to me, or what you're going to be, a big stuffed shirt, that's all. You'll go to some man's theology or some organization, and there you'll pillar yourself down and canker. Let God do the calling. Is making a principle here. God will call you. God will sanctify you. God will give you what he has need to give you. Amen? Yes, sir. You can't bargain for grace. No, sir. You can't be sold. It can't be bargained for. No, it can't be bought. It can't be traded for. It can't be exchanged. You can't exchange grace. Oh, I give you this, then you can give this to me. No, it's, God is sovereign. He calls, he calls. He elects to elect. Amen. You can't say, well, now, Lord, I will go join this great big Baptist church and this big Methodist church and this Pentecost church, this Nazarene church, and I will do this if you just do this to me. It can't be bargained. No, sir. Grace is sovereign. That's why we thank God for his grace in our life. Because we didn't choose him. He chose us. He can't be broken. He can't, we didn't decide on our own. We didn't ask our permission. He just chose to, to select us and to elect us and to choose us. It can be what we can tell the enemy, the devil. Sometimes you feel so low. I feel like giving up. Let me remind you, you didn't 
choose yourself. God chose you. Because he chose you, he's determined to go with you all the way along. He's the initiator of the great exchange. You read in 2 Corinthians 5.21, it says, But he had made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. That's the great exchange that God has provided. Listen to what the prophet says. He has made the great exchange for us. We didn't choose him, he chose us. Amen. Oh, the prophet says we need to call on God for revelation when he's commenting on this scripture. And I like this scripture. We need to call on God for revelation, exposition of the seven church ages. We need to call on God for revelation more than anything else in the world. We have accepted the Bible. We have accepted the great truth of it. But it still is not real to most people because, because the revelation by the Spirit is not there. The word has not been quickened. We want the word to be quickened this morning. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.21 that we have become the righteousness of God by our union with Jesus Christ. Did you get it? He says, ask the question. It says that we are the very righteousness of God himself by being in Christ. It says that Jesus became sin for us. He does not say that he became sinful, but because, but he became sin for us that by our union with him, we might become the righteousness of God. I like this part. If we accept the fact that, and we must, that he literally became sin for us by substitution for us, it means by exchanging for us. Then we must also accept the fact that we, by our union with him, have become the very righteousness of God. That blows my mind, brothers and sisters. You become the very righteousness of God. To reject one is to reject the other. To accept the one is to accept the other. Now we know the Bible says that it can't be denied. But the revelation of it is missing. Oh God, give us more revelation that we have been missing through the, through the church ages. But now the book is open. The bride must have the revelation of the scripture. Amen. It says, it's not real to the majority of God's children. It's just a good verse in the Bible. But we need to have it made alive to us. That will take revelation. Oh, glory to God. Let's go a little bit deeper on this. Let's try to, to go deeper on this quote and try to make it a little, by God's grace, to make it a little more, more life in our lives. Let me just point to you here. God always punishes sin. The prophet has preached a wonderful message, the cruelty of sin and the penal, penal, penalty that it costs to read, to, to read sin from our lives. God always punishes sins. That's why we read at the beginning, he can't say just, oh, you sin, and then I just declare you get less. No, he just has to go through the process where he has to punish that sin. That is nature. His nature has to go and punish for that sin. But let us see how he's punishing that sin. Hebrews 9.22 says, almost all things by the law 
purged by the blood. For without shedding of blood, there is no remission. By God's nature, without shedding of blood, there is no remission. That's not for man. It's not for you and I. Some people try to apply that. Oh, no, I have to see. No, no, it's not. But God's characteristics, before he forgives, there has to be remission. of. There has to be the shedding of blood. Amen. That's characteristics of God. You're not guilty anymore because there is shedding of the blood. Amen. And the salary of the wage of sin is death. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, for the gift of God is eternal through Jesus Christ our God. Because people don't understand the principle of God, they just take one side of God. And the prophet will try to rebuke that and rebuke that many times. So say, God is good, God is good, I can do whatever I want to do, God is good. That's not the nature of God. If you understand the principle and what it took to get rid of sin, you won't do two things willingly, amen. You will, if you understand the principle that God went through, you won't do that easily, amen. Yeah. Are you with me? Yeah. Praise be to God. Yeah. Salvation is not cheap. Salvation caused God himself to die. It started with Adam. God's characteristics required sin to be punished. I'm putting a little bit of pause here, but I'm getting to something. The penalty had to be paid. He killed the lamb to cover the guiltiness of his son and daughter. I was listening to condemnation by representation. For all have sinned. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Like the disciples, sometimes we try to look only says, no, Peter rejected Christ. Peter rejected. No, all of us, we rejected Christ. All of us, we run away from Christ. I like what Luther is saying. Sometimes you compare your Christian life to the sin of others. You know, so you see the world, the way it's going down. Oh, sorry for the world. Yes, sorry for the world, but sometimes look at the condition where you have been. If it was not God's grace, you would have been at the same time place. Don't compare your Christianity based to what others are doing. Compare to your Christianity with the relationship you have with God. God, you are drawing me closer to you. It's by your grace that I am what I am. You had to go to the suffering to be what I am today. God's grace, God's grace. Wherefore I say unto thee, Luke 7, 7, 47, Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins which are many are forgiven. She loved much, and to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Sometimes we take this quote and have been through young people, sometimes you look at this, this scripture, you think like, oh, you know, those who have been in the world, when they come, the message, they seem to have a greater experience with God. They seem to have a testimony, you know. Or those who are backslidden and come back to the world, they seem to have a great testimony. For my life has just been boring. I've been in, in the Christian message. I've born in it. I've raised up in it, you know. I'm used to it. I didn't do anything wrong, you know. I've pure life from the very beginning. But let me tell you, it's God's grace in your life. 
I want to show you that we have more reason to love him and praise him than never before. Amen. Do you need to go back to the world? No, you don't need to go back to the world. If God grace in your life, you can praise him for what God has done in your life. Because there's been God saving you from the very time that you have given this decision to follow him. It's not your decision, it's God's decision for you. You just went along with the decision that God has already made for you. I just want to pinpoint here, not to put negativity here, but just to show the grace of God in our lives. Luke 12, 14, 18, And that servant which knew the Lord's will and prepared not himself, neither did according to his will shall be beaten for many stripes. But he that knew not and did commit things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with few stripes. Normally, if you were to go to this, what the principle is saying here, some of the things that the world is doing, they don't know what they're doing. They're ignorant to the things that they're doing. They don't know better than what they've been doing. People who go to the churches or the, the nurse, or nurses, I don't, the nuns who go to the Catholic church, they don't go there in order to be lost. They go there in order to be clean and to follow and to be saved, but they're just, they're just in that system, and, and, and the system blocks them, makes them slaves, and blinds them, and oh, may God be merciful to them. But some of us, we know better. Some of us, we grew up in the message, we knew better. And then if we knew better, then it would be required for us more than to be required from the world. If you have to take that same principles, God will ask us more than we had to ask for the world because we knew better. Amen. If it was not for Calvary, we would be required more than anything and we would not sustain the judgment of God. Yeah. Yeah. I'll use this scripture that enemy sometimes uses towards me and to uh, believe towards you to try to put you down, but I'm trying to use it just to show a point here. Hebrews 10, 26, 27, For if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful looking for, for, for of a judgment, a fiery indignation, which shall devour the adversary. But let me, list, let me, let me tell you what the prophet is saying about it. Now a righteous man is not a sinless man. A righteous man is a man who is confessing his sins in a righteous one. We don't go if the enemy comes and points you to the things that you have done, you knew better, the things that you have done. What you need to point him to him is not your own ability. You have to point him to Calvary. I have confessed my past. I have confessed my sins. I have confessed my inability to the righteous one. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. The prophet says, A righteous man is not a sinless man. For you, know, for you notice he said, Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. He had his ups and downs and his differences and the scripture of his life, the scripture of his life proves that he had his ups and downs like we do. And he has his times of wandering and his time that his temper got away from him. He had a lot of things there that went wrong. But he was still a righteous man because 
he confessed his unworthiness and believed in God. So what made, what, 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 that's what made him righteous. We are not righteous within ourselves. We are righteous through Jesus Christ. I could not be sanctified within myself. I'm sanctified through Jesus Christ who, sta- who stands in the presence of God in my place. It isn't my holiness. It is his holiness. My holiness won't work at all. And is does because God has done accepted him. In accepting him, he had to accept me because I'm in him. That's what makes it real, isn't it? If we don't have to depend on ourselves. And I want to read what he says here. It doesn't make us say we can sin, brother. If you sin, you're just away from God. There is only one thing that do is confess, eat, and get right with God. But as long as you desire to sin, the desire of sin is still in your heart, then it's time to stay down at the altar till all things is taken you. Now, you will sin. You're bound to sin because you can't just help it, but not willfully sin. If that sins and it's read our scriptures. But every day you are bound to sin. You are bound to be backsliding constantly. So it takes a constant prayer to God. Paul said, I die daily. It takes a constant cleansing. It takes a constant washing. It takes a constant blood washing. It it takes the bleeding word of God to cleanse us constantly. It's not a holiness. It is his holiness. Amen. He goes even further. Unbelief is not sin is unbelief. It's turning back to the truth that what sins willfully. We are not sinning willfully because we believe the word of God. You believe the word of God. Because you believe the word of God, you are not sinning willfully. You are making mistakes, but it's not of disobeying the word of God. You just say, God, help me. Help my unbelief. Help my mistakes. Help me to move on. I can fall, but raise me up again. Let me keep me moving on, Father. That's a Christian life. Therefore, he has forgiven us more. That's why we love him more. He has forgiven us more. That's why we love him more. Because we were like Peter. We have challenged it. We made, we, we made a decision sometimes. Oh, you know, I will never do this again. I will never do this. And sometimes you make the same mistake again. And he pulls you up again. He goes on. When we realize that, Lord, I love you more. Not to do the same things, but I realize that I depend on you completely, Lord. Help me to continue moving on, Lord. The wrath of God for sin. So how does the forgiveness operate? The wrath of God for sin was completely poured on God himself. He did not take someone else to pay for the penalty. That's why we believe that Jesus Christ is God. Because if God has chosen someone else in order to pay for the penalty of sin, it would have been an unjust God. To be someone makes a mistake and you want to forgive them, 
But you know that because by his nature he has to punish, he has to, there is a, be a price for that penalty. He cannot take someone else and come and pay for the sin of someone else. He has himself, took himself, come to that loneliness, and he became a man and paid a price on our behalf. And then he says, I forgive you because I've paid the price for you. Amen. That's why the Bible says he pleased the Lord to bruise, to bruise him. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. I like the French translation for that. The chastisement that gives us peace or the hell that is giving us peace today, that chastisement, that punishment was upon him. In order for you to have peace today, it's because he took the penalty of that peace that you can enjoy today. He had to go through that. That's why we can realize how John could look at that when he sees that. Oh, I was so unworthy. If it was not for him, if there is no one who can take that book, I'm lost. If there is no one who can take that book, no one can stand in the presence of the just God. Because he's still God by his nature. He has to punish. If no one takes that place, I'm lost. He's weeping. He's weeping. But thank be to God, there was a voice that says, John, weep not. There is the lion of the tribe of Judah is there. He has prevailed. He has taken your place. Now we can realize that and say, thank you, Lord, for the blood. Glory to God. He has forgiven us more than anybody else. 1 Peter 2, 24. Who his own self bear our sins, his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins, we should live unto a righteousness by whose stripes you are healed. We will never be worthy, but he is worthy. The prophet was telling you, like that call that he says, if I can find it quickly, he says, he's talking to someone, he's talking to him, and that person says, you know, I'm not worthy. You know, I made some mistakes and, you know, and other things, you know, things, things I've seen. He says, yeah, that's true. But I'm not just worthy. I guess maybe I've done this. Get that out of your mind, the prophet says. Unconditional covenant. Sure, you are not and you'll never be. But Jesus is. He's the one who gives it to you. He's the one who paid the price. Whosoever will let him come and drink freely from the fountain of the word of life. Life, God bless you. I hate to butcher anything like that, he says when he's preaching, but I hope you get what I mean. God has made an unconditional covenant. He saw by the death of Jesus Christ. He sent the Holy Holy Ghost back unto you by confirmation for the covenant is made with you, brother. Don't want the devil to roll you out of that. Sometimes we let the devil rob us of the privilege that God has given us. It's not us, it's him. Don't let the enemy try to pull you down. Stand and say, it's not me, it's him once again. It's wonderful that in the age that we are living in, in this age of adoption, as we heard on the Sunday, last Sunday, in this age of adoption, the capstone is coming down. It's not crying judgment to the bride. It's crying grace, grace, grace to the bride. Because without grace, the bride could not be justified in the presence of God. It's only God's grace. 
Oh, I like grace. Amen, don't you? We used to be a Marie Claire. We used to be a prophet talking about the story about that little violin. You know, that he has some little value there. No one will give it in the auction. No one will take it. No one will take that violin because, I oh know it's so dusty. It's so dirty. It's nothing there. But God, when, when the master saw that, the composer, the musician, says, when he looked at that violin, he looked at it, he realized uh, there is value that people don't see inside there. But I'm going to make an exchange for something that is there. He went and took that violin. He cleansed that violin. You and I, we wear that violin. We didn't have any value inside of the world. Satan can look at us and say, there is no value there. But he took that violin. He cleansed it. Oh, praise be to God. He tuned that violin according to what he wants. And then he plays the right music in that violin. Oh, God, may you tune us according to your word that we might play the right music in the time that we are living. In the time of adoption, we want to be used by you and only you, Lord. That's what redemption is, making an exchange. Not only took our sins and iniquities on that day of Calvary, but even today for every mistake... His blood is still acting as a bumper. Otherwise, the father, by his justice, would have killed us right away. The prophet was thinking there, no, he was, I'm righteous, more righteous than that woman in whatever restaurant, whatever it was. And looking at that woman, you know, oh God, why, why can't you just wipe the whole thing? The prophet says, God brought him and he showed me the vision Another vision, I see the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, you see the blood is still dripping from his face. You see, for every sin, every mistake that he's doing, he's hitting the Lord, he's hitting the Lord. And looking at it, is it what I'm doing to you, Lord? He says, yes, that's what you are doing to me every time you make a mistake. But every time you come and confess, I'm the one who's taking the book that had your sins on it, and I'm writing upon it, Pardon, you are forgiven because I paid the price for you. So if I pay the price for you, don't judge the other person. Oh, glory to God. Sometimes we have difficulty to forgive others. It's because we don't understand what it takes to be forgiven. It's because, because ourselves we don't understand. I have the revelation of what it took for us to be forgiven. If you are forgiven today, it's not only because you say, oh, forgive me, it's because it took him to pay the penalty of that sin that today if you confess, he can say, you are forgiven. That's why the prophet, paraphrasing him, the one who's right can stand the one who's in the error. Because you, you know what it's been to be forgiven. There's a tremendous principle of the exchange. But I will even go further and paraphrasing again. I pray and I pray for people. But in order for God to answer to my prayer, I have to stay at their place. I have to put myself in their shoes. 
I have to be full of compassion to see that the same needs. What if it was for my father? What if it was for my mother? What if it was my wife? What if it was my sister? What if it was my brother? What if it was my son? What if it was my, my, my daughter? Once I come to that situation, God comes and answers. Because I put myself in that place, I understand what it is, the exchange, the principle of exchange. Joseph, you know, that when he came to forgive his brothers, and he understood, he looked at them, he saw, now you, are the, you come to the level where you can stand and take the position from Benjamin. Because you come to that position, now I see you understand the principle of forgiveness. Now you can go further. May God give us that revelation. 1 John 3, 16. Hereby perceive we the love of God because... He laid down his life for us. We ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. The curse was on Jesus Christ. He took on him the wrath of God and the curse of sin in him. Galatians 3. been reading a lot of the Bible, but I believe it's good to. Galatians 3 says, and the scripture foreseeing that God will justify the heathen through faith, preaching before the gospel unto Abraham. The gospel was preached to Abraham. Saying, in thee shall all nations be blessed. So then they which, by of faith are, are, which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. For as many as are the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident, for the just shall live by faith. The law is not of faith, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on the tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. We know the story. When Israel was going into the promised land, they came upon the way as they were going upon the way. And they were met with, 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 with the Moabite. And then Balaam thought something, you know, he knew the principle of God. You know, God being a just God, and God being a just God, if he sees what Israel is going through, if he sees what Israel has made as a mistake, it should be easy to curse them. And he went there, as we know, Exchange the gift he had in for money. He went there and thought, oh, let me just curse them. The Bible says in 22, Numbers 22. Come now, therefore, I pray thee, curse me, these people, for they are too mighty for me. Peradventure I shall prevail, that we might smite them, and I might drive them out of the land. For I would know that whom that blesses is blessed, and whom that curses is cursed. Balak knew that he can have the power to curse. For the elders of Moab and the elders of Midian departed from the words of divination in their hands, and they came unto Balaam and spoke unto these words of Balak. 
Let me tell you what. Balaam thought that he could curse. He couldn't curse. Because God told him, that shall not go with them that shall not curse the people, for they are blessed. Think about it. They are blessed, so there is no power of curse that can come against these people. Because they are already blessed. Let me tell you, the devil cannot do anything upon you because you are already blessed. He can have no power over you because you are already blessed. How do you know that you are blessed? Blessed are those who can hear the words of God. Blessed are you because you have seen those things. Blessed are you because it has been pleased to you for the Father to reveal the word of God to you. Nothing can curse you. <laughs> oh, praise be to God. If the blood of the bull and God could prevent the curse to be upon the children of God, how much more is the blood of the God, the blood of the perfect Lamb of God can prevent any curse to be upon God's children? But you know the principle that was there. The prophet says, Balaam and Brother Ed mentioned it on Wednesday. Balaam couldn't see that there was a brazen serpent in the land. Brazen couldn't, he couldn't see, Balaam couldn't see that there was a smiting rock in the land. It means the penalty for all the mistakes were already judged there. Because there was judged there, they couldn't have any curse upon there. Because the curse was already upon the thing that were judged there. Because Christ was already cursed, we can never be cursed. Sometimes you can be in your family, and I'm, I'm also part of it. The certain things that you put from the fathers, go to the fathers, the father, you know, and whenever we, we have to get married, there is, you know, you have to check this blood thing, you have to check these blood things. You know, your children that are born, check the eyes. You have, you know, your fathers used to have glaucoma, you have those things. But let me tell you, now the curse has been removed. We can be from that generation when we can say, Lord, now I'm there to stop this curse because I believe in your word. Glory be to God. There is no power above the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. Give me a few minutes here. Do you know... Prophet says, a man has done something wrong. His master sold him into slavery, actually unto death. He's in the market, he's a slave. But a man comes along, a worthy man that's able to do it and find this man and find grace inside. He redeems him. That takes him from the slave market, takes him out to himself. Notice that slave once redeemed can never be sold in the market again. Amen. He can never be sold again. He's marked. If he was thought enough, if, it, if he was thought enough of a one time to be redeemed, and no one can never sell him again for a slave. Thanks be to God that when a man has once come to Christ and been redeemed by the precious blood, the devil can never make you a slave again. You are secure in the blood of Jesus Christ until the day of your redemption. 
a slave look up into the Exodus and find out if it is in the Levitical laws? I mean, in Levitical, see if that is in the laws. A slave once redeemed can never be sold again as a slave. I once used to be a slave, but now I'm not a slave anymore. I'm free. Satan, you have no power over me. I can never go back to be a slave anymore. He has set me free. The truth has set me free. The message has set me free. Amen. Satan, that's why you can see the prophet repeating it over time, over and over to the prayer lines. Satan, you are nothing else but a bluff. You are nothing else but a deceiver. But this is a child of God. He's free. He can never be a slave anymore. Take your dirty hands off of her. Take your dirty hands off of him. He's a son of God. He's a daughter of God. Now we need to realize that we are sons of God. Glory be to God. Satan cannot cross this bloodline. This is your limitation. Once you see the blood, you cannot cross it. Because my son is protected. Aren't you glad that there is that city of refuge you can go to? You are secured in Jesus Christ. Found guiltless, amen. Sinless by the blood of Jesus Christ. How is it possible? He paid the price. And now he has given me the resurrection power. Amen. 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 You are God's property. Amen. You are not Satan's property. Don't, don't live under sin. Don't live under slavery. Listen, brother, we preached the other day. It's broken chains. Don't stay under it. You are free. You are God's property. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He became us so that we might become him. Now we have to become him. The benefit of a full transition, transaction will never be complete until both sides of exchange are completely fulfilled. He paid the price, the one transaction, now there is the other transaction. Now you have to accept that you are redeemed. That's the part of the exchange that we have to finalize now. God, you paid your price, you did your part. Now I'm doing my part, Lord. I'm finalizing my exchange, Lord. Now I'm recognizing that I'm redeemed, Lord. Make it a reality for my life. If you buy something, as long as you have not completed your part, the other part is not yet yours yet. You have to complete the other part. Now we are understanding that the telephone line has been reestablished. We can talk to our father. The line has been reestablished. I'm a son of God. Now I'm walking as a son of God, as a daughter of God, recognizing my position, working in the land. It belongs to me. Glory to God. The deposit, you know, you're not questioning, is the bank full or not full? You know that he has already done the deposit. Brother Ray sang the price. It's fully paid. It's completely fully paid. You just go and withdraw from that bank because he has already purchased it. Glory to God. You don't have to no longer yield your members to sin. That day on Calvary, drinking, smoking, gambling, telling lies. You can be honest, just, upright. 
Satan can do nothing about it because you've got a hold of a line, a lifeline that is anchored in the rock of ages. Nothing can shake you from it. No winds can shake you from it. Nothing, not even death. Can separate us from the love of God that Christ that in Christ Jesus. That's what Calvary means. You don't need to wonder no more, for there is a way of knowing better whether you are right or not. God gives us life. Our sins are gone. The day of Calvary paid the price. When we see all that, no wonder the poet right mid rendering rock and darkening skies. It's your possession, he says. Faith of Abraham. Jesus died, give you a checkbook for your whole healthy journey. Sign his name at the bottom of every one of them. For every redemptive blessings you have need of, fill it out and it in. You need healing, fill it out and it in. You need salvation for your children, fill it up and it in. You need something for your life, fill it up and it in. You need a job, fill it up, and it is. Now it's all part of the exchange that we are doing now. We fill it up and we hand it in to the master. God is obligated to do it. The deposit is already made. The deposit for anything, think of it. Glory to God. When Peter came... And John came to the gate called Beautiful. When they came there, and they saw that beggar, and he's asking, you know, give me alms, give me this. They look at him, we don't have what, the money and these things, but what we have. <laughs> we know that he has already put the deposit, what we have. We don't have gold and silver, but what we have, we can give that to you. Rise up and walk. Now what we have now, now that we know that the seven seals have been opened, now we know our position, we can walk as adopted sons and daughters of God. What we have, we can give to the world. And that's the message that is preaching at Calvary. What do we have? We can part eternal life to others. Oh, tremendous time we are living in, brothers and sisters. Amen. The first masterpiece fulfilled is paying of the ransom. He fulfilled God coming down. The second masterpiece is fulfilling the same again, but coming to what he paid the ransom for. In other age, we have seen the messenger declare. In no other age have we seen the messenger declare, you are guiltless. No denomination can produce a guiltless bride. You need Christ. You need the bleeding word. No human, no human, no religion could take the book. No one could declare that the church is the mercy seat. No one could declare that the church is the blood by the Holy Spirit. Only the message because it comes to complete the exchange. Once the bride is taken from this place, it's judgment. What is making that is God in the people now. You know, Paul had that test one time. I'm winding up. Paul attest one time was persecuting the church and then God met him on the way. Why are you persecuting me? How can I be persecuting you? 
I'm in the people you are persecuting. By persecuting them, you are persecuting me. That's the exchange. How can I serve God? Serve God as you are serving one another. How can you love God? Love God as you are loving one another. On that day, people will come. How did we do that this year? How did you visit you? When you did to the little ones, because of the exchange, I was in those people. Brother Barnum was even rebuked. Don't call them Ricky and Rikitas. Why? Because some of them are at my part. They are me. Amen. In all the other age, no in other age will come this prophet where a messenger will come and say, she is him. Why? Because the exchange now is coming to the full completion. Now we are him. He was us, but now we are becoming him. You know, as you say, that's in the scripture that we read, the prophet gave the comment. The second part is made possible through our union with him. The invisible union is happening only now. Amen. Do you love the Lord? Amen. He died for our peace. You don't need to carry our burdens by yourself. You don't need to weep anymore, John. You just need to cast all your cares upon him. You are already saved. You are already healed. What we need is to accept it now because it's already done for us. Your right can never be denied. It is your right. If you have been condemned by representation, now you are redeemed by representation. The prophet will say, God does not send anybody to hell. People send themselves to hell. Why? Because they are rejecting the provided way. He has already saved you. Don't sin. Don't stay in that situation. Come up of that. Accept your exchange. Amen. I believe that when we come out of this place, no one will go back the same way. We will leave the exchange. We leave everything here. God, I'm making the exchange now. I'm finalizing my part this morning, Lord. I'm not going the same way. Whatever I had in my thought, the way I came down, how I was, but now I'm leaving it behind. I'm going a different person. Now I'm accepting what you have done for me. Glory be to God. Now I'm going in faith in the word of God. I'm not going to go the same way. I'm not going to confess what the enemy is trying to do. I'm confessing what your word says about me. Amen. Your right can never be denied. No matter what is your background, no matter what your parent or what was your history, God doesn't care about those things because his word is more powerful than that. Amen. Hell is against this message, but this message is greater than any hell. Oh, God. We are in the age of dispensation of adoption, as we heard on Sunday. The disciples one time asked the Lord Jesus Christ, this man is sick. Is it the fault? Is it his fault? Is it his sins or is it his parents' sins? Jesus replied, and I like that answer. Neither had this man sinned nor his parent, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me. While it is day, the night cometh when no man can work. And I just want to use that says, therefore we are not victims of circumstances, 
No matter in what situation we are in now, from now on, we will weep no more. Because the lion of the tribe of Judah has prevailed. For 2,000 years we have been weeping, we have been crying. But now the message comes and says, why do you cry? Speak. Why do you weep? Weep no more. Find your joy in what God has done. Amen. Now we have the answer to the devil's question. In the Old Testament, the prophet, even through the ages, we didn't have the answer to the enemy. We'll try to do something right. The enemy will come and question our righteousness. You see, you still do these, these things, you still do these things. We didn't know how to answer to him. Something that sometimes bothers me, used to bother me. Jesus said, unless your righteousness excel the righteousness of the Pharisees, some of them are completely, I would say, blameless like Paul. Blameless according to the law. God, I have no chance to that. If I have to do that, if, if you have to look to the water, I have no chance. But now I have the answer to the devil's question. Yeah. It's not me. It's him. Yeah. It's not my righteousness. It is his righteousness. Yeah. Now I know, that they, I know that the devil has no stinger. I used to be afraid of death. Now I'm not scared anymore. Yeah. What is doing that? It's not me. It's him. Because I have the devil's answer to his questions now. I have God's answer to the devil's questions right now. Glory to God. Musicians can come. There's time where there's time when Esther was weeping. She was weeping, she was crying, she was weeping, crying. But it came a time. When the king has to give out the scepter, weep no more. Cry no more. You have received. Now you are in control of everything. Now you're in a situation of the bride. You are my bride. Pastor preached one message, redemption by marriage. As usually comes to it, it's such an encouragement. Redemption by marriage. Redemption by our union to him. I used to be so low, but now he's brought me to the same level that he is. He came in, but now he's brought me to that same level as him. Now I'm him. Amen. Now I am my husband. As Ruth could say, he used to be in shame and everything, but once Boaz took a position, took her as a wife, the shame of Ruth was transferred to him. Now no one could say anything against her because the righteousness of Ruth was the righteousness of, of Boaz right now. May God help us to realize who we are now. Glory to God. I'll finish with this. You will notice that when there is no buyer remorse, you know the buyer remorse? You, know, you want to buy something and then you go home and say, why did I buy that, really? Why did I make that exchange? Oh, I'm going to give it back. The sense of regret. But God has said, for this new covenant, Hebrews 7, 21, I will not repent anymore. There won't be any remorse anymore. The first covenant failed where they have to do things on their own. 
But for this covenant, it won't fail. There is no remorse to it no more. Because by God's grace, when you go you buy something, you go in the market, you have some money, but if you really like what you bought, what you have received in return is greater than what the money that you had. If you had stayed with that money, you would have not been as happy as when you got what you have received now. So when God has no remorse, that word is saying, I gave my blood for you, but now that I have you, I'm happier than if I had my own blood. It means you have now the value of the blood of Jesus Christ. By God's grace, we have come to come to the realize that we have the value of Jesus Christ's blood. Oh, praise be to his name. Weep no more. Trust in him. Amen. Amen. Let's give a hand to the Lord. Why don't we stand to our feet? Are you that redeemed, that purchased of that blood? Amen. Sweet is the song I'm singing today. I am redeemed by love divine. Sweet is the song I'm singing today. away.